AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. All right, what's going on, guys? Connor Orr, staff writer from the Monday Morning Quarterback. This is your Monday Morning Football Podcast. we got a lot to get to, including video of the Patriots cheating scandal. We actually got to see this thing uh, thanks to Jay Glazer over at Fox on uh, their Sunday morning show. We're going to bring in Kaylin Kaler, a uh, fellow staff writer here, and she's going to break down the rest of our Sunday action. But as we normally do, let's start with the Sunday night game. Buffalo Bills 17, Pittsburgh Steelers 10. The Bills clinched the playoffs for the second time in three years. Pretty phenomenal job there by uh, Sean McDermott. The Steelers make their road a little bit more difficult to the postseason, but are still hanging on. Keeps a couple of those other teams also alive in the AFC, including the Browns, who we'll get to a little bit later. That less than 1% chance of making the playoffs, but still uh, something to keep interesting. But I think what I want to focus on a little bit um, before we get to the rest of the games there is, you know, we joke as a staff, we do the power rankings every week, and uh, everyone had always been wondering, there was a mystery person voting for the Bills, number one, uh, every week for about a six-week stretch, and uh, I'm ready to come out and say that that was me. 
uh, I was the mystery Bills voter. And the reason why is because I don't think that people should fill out power rankings based on uh, who they think is the best necessarily, especially if you're voting in a group. What you want to do is you want to overrate the teams uh, that are uh, traditionally underrated. And so I think that's what we have seen from the Bills all season long. And this is a team that is not winning anything beautifully. I mean, this is a perfect example, the Sunday night game, the 17-10 win over the Steelers. Um, but it's just the aura that Sean McDermott's created here. Um, I think that despite the low, um, you know, whatever you want to look at, DVOA, their passing yardage, stats, rushing yardage, as bad as the Buffalo Bills look as a whole there, I think what they've been doing offensively to keep Josh Allen moving along has been really creative. Uh, I think that they're going to pose some problems for some teams in the postseason. And uh, I think that more than anything, it's it's a nod to teams that are looking to build uh, the right way, you know, and Pittsburgh the same. I mean, you lose all the talent that you did, and here you are still in the uh, in the playoff conversation. So, um, and yeah, we're going to talk to uh, Kaylin Kaler here. We're going to bring her in. She was uh, diving in depth on uh, Packers Bears today, which was another interesting thing that we'll get to. So, like we said, lots to talk about. So stick with us, and uh, we'll be back right after a quick break. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never see me do that. 
ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota, let's go places Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card 8am, wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge <sighs> Much better. 2pm, grab seats for the game 6pm, book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge must-see live events and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants that's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. (laughs) Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Kaylin, what's up? Hey, Connor. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Where uh what's happening today? How how's how was your day of watching football on Sunday? Um, it was good. I mean, that last game that just ended, we just finished the afternoon window here. That was extremely exciting, uh, Falcons forty ers So, you know, it was it was a good way to wrap up the uh afternoon window. You know it's an insane Sunday, right, when that's not the first thing we're gonna talk about though, because you know I still can't imagine uh, Jay Glazer of Fox Sports, he had long talked about uh, during the first Spygate, he would always tell this story about how he would have parties at his mansion and he would project the Spygate tapes that he had illegally or illicitly obtained, <laughs> not Ill- illegally obtained, had somehow obtained, uh, and he would project them on the walls as sort of a middle finger to how uh, good his information gathering techniques are. Well, he strikes again. <laughs> On Fox NFL Sunday, he shows a portion of the tape that is recorded by the Patriots employee that has gotten New England in hot water. Patriots roll over the Bengals, but, Kalen, we've both watched this video. Um, We can get into the description a little bit more, but I'm sure a lot of the people who are listening to this have seen it. What is your immediate takeaway from um, the, the video basically showing the Patriots employee getting scolded by Bengals security and a snippet of what he was actually recording? Yeah, well, first takeaway, which is a little frivolous, was um, I loved the sass from the Bengals security Mm -hmm. guy. He was not having it at all, (laughs) Um, at all. And when the the Patriots... video guy was like oh it's not a problem we can just delete it we'll just delete it right here there's gonna be no evidence it won't even be on my card anymore like i didn't bring my computer i can't even save it to my computer he was sort of desperately like listing off all these reasons as to how it would be completely vanquished from the earth um the Bengals guy had the greatest quote and he's like oh no the damage is done (laughs) and i thought that was awesome because it's so true and it kind of and then the second takeaway i think is obviously that Um, this showed they were filming substitutions, clearly. Mm -hmm. They were filming the sideline. Um, So that was the content. Like, you can't argue that anymore. If anybody was trying to argue it, um, it was very clearly that is what they were filming in this video. So that's really telling. We still don't know. Obviously, still the biggest question is, what was the intent really? And was football operations aware of this? And Bill Belichick has said over and over, he had no idea. Um, but I, and, and that does matter. The intent does matter, but the fact of the, the fact is they broke the rules and there's this concrete proof now for all of us to see. I think it boils down to, it's got to be one of three things. And let me know if you agree with this. The first is that uh, it was some board website production person who uh you know it's hard to get b-roll uh for a story on an area scout i would totally Mm -hmm. 
believe him in that sense. I mean, you're sitting next to a man whose job it is to notice things on the sideline. Um, And so you might think, oh, it's a hot idea to look at what he's going to be looking at on the sideline. This is what he's writing down, so I'm going to film it. Um, And this was a completely innocent mistake that was caught and they're now going to be punished for. The second thing is that this is some hotshot who's without the instruction of football operations trying to do something uh, for the team, trying to uh, get himself promoted up the ladder here, and without any instruction does this, and he's going to bring it home and say, hey, look at how awesome this is. We're doing this, but I also know exactly how the Bengals are going to sub these guys in and out or what signals they're using from the sideline. Or the third is that, you know, this is a continuation of what they've always been accused of doing. And to be fair, I think to Belichick at the time of Spygate 1 was – most of the teams were doing a version of this anyway. They got mm-hmm. they got caught and they got told on uh, and punished for it. So uh, to me, I don't know. I mean, is is there anything I'm missing here? I mean, I think it's got to be one of these three things, right? Yeah, I definitely agree. It, there, I don't think there's really many more possibilities than that. Um, and I think, I don't know. I think it's unlikely that I kind of believe Belichick here because the fact that they had already been caught for this almost same exact thing once. Um, and the fact that they have been the subject of, you know, deflate gate and, and all these different things. Um, but they already have the reputation that they're cheaters. You would have to imagine that they would take that seriously and be, be thinking, okay, we're going to change this image. We're not going to do this anymore. We're not gonna be anywhere near this stuff. So it really makes me believe it is like option one, I think, which is what you mentioned where the guy, they just are not on the same page and they have no idea. And, you know, they if you think about the B-roll that you would film of a scout, I mean, their job is is very tedious. There's nothing really interesting to show. So it is logical to think, oh, you know, he is trying to film the field as in like, oh, this is the perspective of what my subject of this feature is seeing. So I, I think that's probably, the, in, in my view, I think that's the most likely. Um, but... Yeah, I just find it hard to believe that they would repeat the same thing again after having already been in that situation. The argument between the Patriots employee and the Bengals security guard was interesting to me, though, because I don't know if you've had the same experience where, you know, when you're reporting in an event and you bump into a camera person or a camera person nails you in the side of the head and then you say, hey, what's your problem? Too many times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too many and then, times. And, 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 and what is their immediate the the camera person's what is their immediate thing it's not to apologize it's to say that you're messing up my shot uh-huh. you're, you're yeah. screwing up what i'm here to do and right. i could 99.9 percent of the people who do that job i could imagine that person in the press box then being yanked aside and yelled at and then them screaming at the bengal security person about b-roll and their artistic uh intent Vision. here you know and they're <laughs> yeah. just like you know this is what we're trying to do and it's ridiculous that you get not let it. but instead it was more like in and again i mean this is not uh, an indictment of anything but the person yeah. acted like oh crap <laughs> okay. they were caught yeah, yeah. Like, right uh, okay i'm right. gonna delete it i'm gonna delete it uh I, I you know and again i mean this is just optics i mean maybe it's all hitting this guy at once like spygate i'm in a lot of trouble um, yeah, I get it now. Yeah. This is not good. And uh, I'm just let's try to make this whole thing go away. And and maybe that's what it is. And that can still go back to our first reason here is that there's just a person who didn't read the back of their credential, who doesn't know the rules and who ended up doing something kind of stupid. But uh, that said, the optics of all this, especially since the video has been released, I don't think it's becoming less uh, 
troubling for the Patriots from a like because like you said no. they, they already have that reputation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't like they don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore because they have that reputation. Like you know, your instinct is to think, oh, here they go again. Um, so because they already have that history, it makes it a lot worse for them than it would be if like you know the Bears had done this or some other team that doesn't have doesn't have that history already. But that is an interesting point that you made. It's a little fishy how he reacted because. Speaking from personal experience of when I have a credential that does not allow me somewhere, but I'm going there anyways, um, when I get caught, I have the same reaction. I go, oh, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Like, <laughs> so sorry about that. Like, you know, let me just, I'll just walk on out of here, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that 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 is a little fishy for sure. Yeah. Uh, on the field, uh, I thought another interesting, at least, performance from Nikhil Harry there, uh, showing that he mm-hmm. can at least be a functional weapon in the back of the end zone. Obviously, not really the the savior for this offense. Uh, Tom Brady's still sort of a middling performance there, but I don't know. I mean, uh, the Patriots clinch a playoff spot. Are you any less optimistic about this team still? I mean, do you, you know, I, if anything, knowing Belichick and the way that he works, I mean, this is just going to make them angrier, and they're going to play better, and he always searches for that second half motivation anyway and he might have found it organically definitely yeah I think this I think this might actually help them in a weird way um but you're right about Nikhil Harry uh it was interesting you know to see his success in this game because I think it was just wasn't it just last week where he had several different drops Mm -hmm. um or wait I might be thinking of Jacoby Myers, the other rookie. Actually. Jacoby Myers have, has had a, cu- a tough couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, I think that's who I'm thinking of. Um, because that was the one where Brady didn't go to him when he was open and went to Edelman instead, right? And tried to mm-hmm. force it. Okay, yeah. right. Okay, but it is. It has been good to see sort of like Nikhil develop. Um, especially since he got that late start into the season, so we haven't seen you know the full season of you know what he would have been had he not been hurt uh, the first most of the half of the year. Um, So it has been good to see him kind of develop. And I think it does make me feel a little bit better about the Patriots offense, knowing that there is hopefully it looks like Brady is developing some kind of chemistry with, um, with Harry. Yeah, an interesting sort of window, too, because we don't see this team draft a lot of first-round wide receivers. Right. It's not something that Belichick has typically allocated a lot of assets to. And, you know, just interesting to see how he has decided to push this guy along and you're switching you know your uh your wide receivers coach goes to miami and now your new wide receivers coach is also your special teams coordinator so uh, really a lot of interesting things going on there it ends up that that really is one of the most important jobs in football right now is you know with uh, how desperate new england is for some offensive firepower so uh we'll see what's going on there but let's get to the fun stuff kaylin i mean we were texting through the end of atlanta san francisco yeah. I, I was watching it on a on a on a channel, which I was positive I was three minutes behind, and I was like, please don't blow this for me, uh, because it seems like it's going to be really great. Uh, let's, if, you know, for you guys who uh, haven't seen it, uh, so Atlanta's driving towards the end of the game. They get to the goal line. They score the go-ahead touchdown to Austin Hooper, put them ahead as time is expiring. That call is overturned. They're pushed back, and then Matt Ryan throws it to Julio Jones at the goal line. This one is not ruled a touchdown, and it is again overturned for the score. Super consequential in the grand scheme of things. Seattle now has the number one seed. San Francisco drops to the number five seed. Uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, but I will say that, and this is kind of a wild take here, but I think that this is... (laughs) 
this is a victory for officiating. Let's give it up for these guys. Yes. For once. Come on. You that's know? exactly, that's literally exactly what I was going to say. And I was going to be like, well, you know, I don't want to give them a pat on the back. And they certainly have done nothing, <laughs> hardly anything to deserve it. But it is a rare, it's the first and like most visible moment this season where they got two calls consecutively in a row that really mattered and decided a game they got them right 100 percent, like no argument i've spent the entire season feeling awful for these officials i think that reviewable pass interference is a ridiculous burden on their shoulders especially without uh, a well-defined parameter as to when and why they're supposed to call this and so I don't know. I, I just felt really good about <laughs> this whole yeah. thing because this was the first, you're right, this was the first time that I ever remember watching it at home and saying, oh, well, they should overturn this. And they did. And yes. then watching it again, yeah. and say, you know, it was, they followed the common sense sort of thought process of everybody else who yeah. has a better view of the game than they did. And I don't know. I was, uh, I was happy for them. Uh, also, a moment that I think is worth noticing afterwards, uh, Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn with a huge hug on the field after the game, he goes over and he pulls points to him says something like you're a blank blank mother blanker and uh you know <laughs> uh, and it looked like they were just sharing that embrace same sort of vibe there in atlanta where regardless of the opponent they've had these stunning wins in the middle of the season they beat the saints a few weeks ago um they're still playing for dan quinn and i don't think that goes unnoticed as we head towards the end of the season yeah i think it's super important for him that it it feels like, like you just said, that he really still has the players in that locker room and he still has that team rallying for him because, I mean, there's no way you beat the Saints and you beat the 49ers both. I believe, I think the Saints game was also on the road. Um, two road wins over really successful teams. Um, there's no way that happens if you're not, if you don't have your team and you're not, um, you know, that the head coach that the players are still buying into. So I think that's really interesting and it will be, it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see like what the Falcons end up doing, but based off of these like major upsets they've had, it seems like it wouldn't be so far fetched for Dan Quinn to continue on in that role there. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I think it would still be, it's obviously still difficult. You know, I think, um, you know, anyone would acknowledge that, that of course, you know, I mean, the, the optics are such that, you know, it would look like they're heading down that path, right, to change coaches. But either way, you're either making it more mm -hmm. difficult to do it, or you're setting yourself up, I think, really nicely um, to walk right into another job. Because I don't know, I just think that he is, I mean, I, I think he's a good head coach. And I think that these moments, it's been hard to pin point what exactly has been wrong with the Atlanta Falcons this year but these moments yeah. show that you're still doing the one thing that a head coach needs to do above and beyond is to have the respect of your team and to have your team play for you definitely um I another uh interesting game I thought Dallas beats LA 44 to 21 uh, the Cowboys just blow out the Rams at a time when we thought the Rams were streaking. I thought that we were noticing some of the things that they were doing during their Super Bowl year, starting to come back into play for them over the last few weeks. I thought the Cowboys had no chance, and here they are at home. The game starts in a really weird way, but nothing affects them, and they end up uh, just rolling over the Rams here. This is a gigantic win for playoff implications. They stay in first place in the NFC despite the Eagles win. So I don't know. Lots to like here. And Jason Garrett saves his backside with a lot of talk about who is going to be coaching the Cowboys next year too. Yeah, this this team is so weird. Um, 
I saw them in person last week when they played the Bears at Chicago, um, when the Bears beat them. And I had a kind of a long conversation with Jalen Smith in the locker room after the game. And it was just a strange conversation. Like, I would have thought after a loss like that to the Bears, who were a struggling offense, and they allowed them to just totally run rampant all over them, um, including Mr. Trubisky, who had not rushed for many yards that season, put up a really big game that in that game. And Jalen was very much like completely nonchalant, super middle of the road, like very much like, well, I'm here to play hard. If we all decide to start playing hard together, it'll happen for us. But if we don't, then it won't. And it was like essentially like his vibe. And it was extremely strange to me because normally players are like really down when they're down. And it wasn't like the whole locker room was like that. Some guys were extremely down, but Jalen was very much like, no, I mean, we're talented. We've got it. We just have to put it all together, which is essentially kind of what Jerry Jones has been saying um, in all of his uh, post-game rant that he does every single week. He's basically just been saying like, yeah, I mean, I believe in the players. I believe in the coach. They just haven't been able to like put the whole package together, both on offense and on defense. And I think in this game, they were finally able to do that for the first time in a few weeks. Um, so that's kind of why I think it ended the way it did for them. And obviously the defense had a much better performance. They had so many missed tackles um, in their last game against the Bears. And and in this game, they completely uh, you know, played like like a totally different defense and fixed that issue at least. We were robbed of uh, NFL history uh, because <laughs> in the pregame coin toss, uh, Walt Anderson doesn't hear Dak Prescott say defer. He asks Dak Prescott, what do you want to do? And he says, we're going to kick and play defense. And as everyone knows, there's a third option there, right? You can, you can kick, you can receive, or you can, you know, or, you know, and, and you can defer to the second half. And so what Dak, what Walt thought Dak was telling him was, I don't care what happens. <laughs> you just want to kick. <laughs> yeah. And so for the first time in NFL history, we would have had a team kicking off twice. Um, <laughs> the first half and the second half. I was so excited for that to happen. Uh, I was going to tape it on my cell phone, but then unfortunately, uh, you can somehow review that at halftime, which I got a kick out of too, uh, given all yeah. the strange things that have happened. Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming that Al Riveron got on the big red phone and was like, let's just cut this nonsense out and uh, and not be in the headlines for another stupid thing. Um, but bummed about that. I think if you're a Cowboys fan, though, what you're excited about, Ezekiel Elliott going over 100 rushing yards uh, for the first time since early November, 200-yard rushers actually for Dallas. And it just goes back to showing how much more this opens up their offense. I know that's a trope to lay back on, but what Kellen Moore does specifically and some of the unique things that he's brought to this team you see how that accentuates things. You see how much more open guys are um, when Ezekiel it's running like that. And I don't know if I'm a team down the stretch, I'm getting a little concerned that he might be getting hot again at the right time. Yeah, the Eagles should be concerned. <laughs> we'll get to them. Yeah, we'll get to them. <laughs> that that was another uh, that was another wild game. Super interesting. But I, I don't know. I, I like these games because everything is. Uh, Everything has something going on, right, for the playoffs, and, and there's something happening every week. Houston, Tennessee, the Texans win 24-21. This was essentially the game uh, that, that more or less would decide the AFC South. The Titans still have a way in that they can get in there, but uh, I don't know about you, but the game to me came down to um, 
that second to last drive for the Titans. They have the ball. Uh, they're down a score. Uh, or the Texans have the ball, uh, and it's a second and seven. They're on defense. They can't let Houston get another first down. Um, and what do you do? You're not in DeAndre Hopkins' face. You're not even double-teaming him. You're just sitting back in zone. You have all these talented players in your secondary, and you let DeAndre Hopkins knife through. He gets the first down, and essentially the game is over. I mean, there was five more minutes left, but you don't get the ball back with enough time to do what you want to do. I don't know. I mean, you're you're the Titans. You, this is kind of the 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 meat and potatoes of your defense. And uh, I was surprised that they pumped the brakes a little bit and just kind of didn't really stick it to DeAndre Hopkins when, uh, when they had the chance. Yeah, I agree. And in, and in a game that was so important to them because I mean, these teams were neck and neck in this game and it, it, it was a really hard one to like predict what was going to happen because you could see, you could make an argument for either one of these teams um, before the game to, to win it. And, and you could make an argument for either one of them to end up winning the AFC South. It was just such a tight race. And it seemed between these two teams. And so that didn't really make sense to me seeing that. And especially when you're playing a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, who is known for being that clutch guy, being that winner who at the end of games, you can rely on him. Um, You know, he did it at Clemson. He's done it in his NFL career so far. And so that was surprising because, you know, when it comes to facing a quarterback like that, who is capable of those kinds of things and has that sort of quote unquote, like winning mentality, um, you have to do everything you can. Tennessee was down early, and I thought Ryan Tannehill did a good job of battling back there. And it sets up one of these deals where they're going to finish near 500. Um, you know, it's they got I think 538. Their latest projections were about a 30 percent chance of making the playoffs. A lot of things have to break right for them to get in. But let's say they miss the playoffs. They finish around that 500 area. Ryan Tannehill kind of reinvigorated your season. He brought the team back against a division rival. He looks like a different person outside of Miami I mean do you commit to him beyond this season are you drafting somebody and developing him alongside Tannehill I don't know what what are you thinking at that position right now for the Titans I would draft and develop someone alongside Tannehill um because it's hard to know with a player like Tannehill like is he going to be able to maintain that consistency and um our Gary Grambling today and his Sunday freakout made an interesting argument about Derrick Henry's impact on Tannehill's success so if you want to go read that go check that out um but that was really interesting and he was basically you know making the argument that having a running back like Derrick Henry um you know makes the defense bite on that play action more because of the threat of Derrick Henry um and that has really in turn helped Tannehill um, a lot this season in a way that he didn't, he wasn't set up for in Miami. So, um, it you know it would be difficult to to gauge how much you can rely on him being being as successful as he is right now going into next year. So I think like the safest bet for them would be to draft somebody, um, and it doesn't have to be you know, somebody in the first round necessarily, like they could, they could pick some second or third round who they think has potential and, um, you know, work on that quarterback and, and actually try to really like bench that rookie for their rookie season. So they can learn in the idealistic way that every NFL team wants to do, but hardly any of them end up actually being able to do that. Um, so I think that's what I would do if I were the Titans. Um, I think that's probably the safest choice. 
I, I want them to adopt my chaos theory, which is that you just draft a bunch of them. <laughs> like get, you, you have three sixth round picks or whatever, or two six and a seven. Draft all quarterbacks because those picks don't matter. I mean, they're not gonna. You're, right. The chances of you actually hitting on okay, I mean, I guess you need them to fill out your special teams depth chart, and I know that makes sense too. But you know, look at the the rise in coaches who are developing scheme at a speed that is still too quick for defenses to adapt to. You can have a Gardner Minshew come in, you know, and you don't mm-hmm. need you don't need a you don't need a Tom Brady anymore. You don't need a 10 or 15 year guy anymore. You need a guy to get you through this year. I mean, you know, the Steelers and uh Steelers and the Bills uh you know, played uh, met on Sunday night football this week. Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph and they're they're kind of just galloping through the season with these guys. So, I don't know. Yeah. I just I think it's interesting. I mean, why not try something a little different? and then just accentuate that with the veteran talent that you have on the roster. Let's just do something crazy. You know, don't don't just do the thing that everybody else does and draft a quarterback in the first round, put way too much pressure on him, and then you end up just getting into a whole bunch of trouble. Yeah, because that's, that's a real thing too. And that's kind of what our what your next game that you're gonna bring up, what that quarterback <laughs> is going through this season. <coughs> Boom, transition. So good. <laughs> This is the first time we've done the Sunday night podcast together, but it feels like we're like John Stockton and Carl Malone. This is like it's <laughs> that's right. It's, you're just setting me up for to volleyball spike this down. It's great. Uh, <laughs> the Chicago Bears lose to the Green Bay Packers twenty one thirteen. I you've watched. I mean, you're our Chicago based. You're our Midwest correspondent. Uh, you've seen a lot of Mitch Trubisky. Unfortunately for you, this season, uh, I think that this game personified his weirdness to me is that you know there are just moments when this offense is so middling and lost in the weeds but this is two weeks in a row that I've seen him make throws into zone coverage that would have Mm -hmm. to be thrown so perfectly that if it was even because they weren't the right throws they weren't to an open person they were between two defenders and he's making those throws he's making like next level throws but then there's just hours of nothing in between there I, I i cannot get a grip on him he's impossible to understand um and even in this game like he had he had some like mahomes like throws where he was throwing across his body side arming um on the run escaping pressure and and finding guys um downfield that were open and those were super impressive he had two of those one to anthony miller one to riley ridley they were both really like wow throws that not many people can make um, and not even many NFL quarterbacks can make. So he has those on on the one hand, and then this is an offense that can only score one touchdown in this game and has to rely on two, a, a Hail Mary and a wacky lateral with one second left to try to tie the game. And neither of which worked, but both of them actually almost worked, which was totally insane. Um, But it's just crazy because it's like he has the talent where there's no reason that this offense should be where it is in every single game. Um, It's just so inconsistent and... Uh, he he's the he's best when he's on the run and kind of moving out of the pocket, and that's why so many teams try to keep him in the pocket and keep him contained there. Um, as the Packers said after, I believe it was after their Week One game against the Bears this season, Packers cornerback Teron Williams had like the quote of the year, um, and he said, "Yeah, we just tried to make Mitch play quarterback," um, <laughs> which literally that was like his direct quote, and it was like 
you know, the Packers were not happy that he said that. But it was pretty much exactly like their week one game plan against him. Like if you can if you can contain him, um, he's his field vision is he still struggles to get to his second or third um read if his first guy isn't open. Um so I mean he, he has he has shown improvement late in this season. Um but it's I'm fascinated to see what the Bears do this offseason because I think they have to bring in somebody else, at least for competition for him. But at the same time, having seen him and kind of knowing a little bit, you know, about how his brain works and how he's motivated, um, he's he's not the most confident quarterback out there. So that could totally back. I could see that totally backfiring if they bring in. It's kind of like how how coaches talk about kickers. Like sometimes they'll want to bring in competition for a kicker to like really push them and motivate them. And for some people that works. Um, and then other times they'll be like, no, if we brought in competition, it would just like freak them out. And I think Mitch might be in the latter group of like, if you brought in a veteran, you know, let's just throw it out there, Cam Newton or something. Like if you brought in somebody like that, it might totally backfire with him and it might do the opposite of pushing him to improve. So I have no idea what they're going to do, but I could also, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they didn't do anything. And cause Nagy, I mean, yes, this is the PR that they're putting out there. This is not the hundred percent truth. We hope they're having more serious conversations behind closed doors. But every time Nagy talks about Mitch, he is happy with his progress and he points out specific moments of progress, which sure that's true, but like three years in and we're still not sure what he is. It's not enough progress. Yeah. I mean, you make a great point. I mean, this is a guy who, and while I feel like the joke kind of took on a life of its own when he talked about turning off the TVs at house hall, (laughs) uh, but, but the reason it took off was bright because he had that sensitivity and that we all kind of knew him in that way. I mean, this is a guy who the team PR was like not letting him answer questions about losses during the the regular season. I mean, this is where they are with this guy and you're right. I mean, this is totally fascinating to me because bringing in somebody and it doesn't even have to be Cam Newton it has to be somebody slightly better than Chase Daniel I think would scare the pants right. off of him <laughs> right. you know and right. and and it's hard to si- it's hard to see that because you look back at like you know quarterbacks in the 90s and you know there were certain guys that had 5 6 years to prove themselves and to get better and to figure out what offense worked and where they belong it's just not the reality of the situation anymore and you're right I mean I hope that they're having more serious conversations than they're being let on because this is a team that's built to win right now and I think Cam and probably win right now. I mean, I, I don't see anybody running away with this division over the next few years. Right. One thing that I did notice in this game that pointed to a little bit more confidence from Nagy in the play calling, he'd had he'd shown, you know, I would say up until a few games ago, he his play calling was very conservative and he was not going forward on fourth down really and was not showing faith that his offense could convert. Um laden downs and so this game they went for it three times on fourth down and did not convert any of them but I thought that was sort of aggressive it showed a little bit more confidence at least and none of which were like fourth and two or fourth and one they were all I think it was a fourth and six a fourth and seven and then a fourth and ten that they had to go for because it was the last drive so you can throw that one out but the first two were fourth and middle medium-ish situations where 
you know, middle of the season, Nagy was not calling those. He was not going for it in those situations. So I thought that was a positive to take out of this game. Like it seems like his play calling, he's getting a little bit more confident in Mitch and the offense, which obviously had struggled so much this season. So that kind of stood out to me a little bit. Um, But I'm excited to see next week's Packers Vikings because I think the Vikings – Personally, I think the Vikings are a better team than the Packers. And while it's a huge long shot that they would end up first in the division, I think I think the uh, I think the Packers would have to lose the next two games, and the Vikings would have to win the next two games for that to happen. But I think it's going to be a really good game because the first Matt, the first meeting of those teams in Week Two was just a one score game. I think the Packers won by six, um, and it was a game where the Vikings had a touchdown called back because of pass interference in the end zone, um, offensive pass interference. So I think it's going to be. I, I'm excited for next week's. I believe it's Monday night. I think it's a Monday night game next week. I'm excited for that one. Did you think that uh, I thought that I thought the Bears were going to come back? And uh, I mean, they had the two Hail Mary attempts at the end of the game. Um, the one where the receiver, I mean, it got batted into his hands, but, you know, he turned around. It was an awkward angle. Yeah. I, I don't think I would have been able to react that quickly. But the second one I felt like was called just for me. And I'll explain why. <laughs> because um, I'm obsessed with arena football. Um, Matt Nagy was a former arena football player um, back in the spring. I did a story on uh, the rise in influence in arena football. I mean, Sean McVay's got arena ties. Matt LaFleur has arena ties. A lot of these guys borrow some of these plays, especially in weird situations, because all the arena football is are weird situations, right? And so it sort of helps. And that play, he actually ran a version of that um, as an end-of-half play with the Chiefs um, two years ago that almost scored a touchdown. I thought that was really interesting. It's sort of an arena staple, um, Hail Mary sort of look that they gave that second one. And, man, if somebody would have just pitched it, that would have been this would have been all we were talking about, just a, an amazing finish by the uh, Bears in a victory. Yeah, and you could tell Allen Robinson was a little bit behind the uh, guy who ended up with the ball. I believe it was Jester Horstead who, who was brought down. Um that ended that play and Allen was like waving his arms like <laughs> frantically because he was open or it looked it looked as if he was open it's so hard to tell you know if someone is actually open or not but it appeared he was open and he had a receiver Anthony Miller in front of him who would have been his lead blocker on his way to the end zone I think he was like maybe seven yards out where Robinson was or maybe five uh, very close and after the play, you could tell Robinson thought he had thought he would have scored because he was very frustrated, raised his fists up, shaking them. Yeah, that would have been really cool. He's like, dude, I mean, come on. We need one of those a year, I think, at yeah. least. You know, I think we need one of those special plays a year. Um, right. Speaking of special, uh, I tweeted it already. The Eagles are headed to the Super Bowl. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, no, I can't, I can't do that to the Seahawks. They've been my preseason pick, my baby all season long. But... Uh, Philadelphia beats Washington 37-27 game was much closer than the score indicates because uh, the Eagles picked up a, uh, a touchdown at the last second uh, for a secret backdoor cover too for those who are gambling on the game good for you that was a very fortuitous swing of events there but um, the thing that you and I wanted to talk about the most on this I, we'll get to the Eagles in a second who are coming along at the right time the end of this uh, season is going to be fascinating for the NFC East but Urban Meyer is in the owner's box. Uh, the Washington football team has a head coaching vacancy. Uh, he coached the quarterback of the current Washington football team and their best wide receiver. 
I don't know. Uh, I There was a lot of things about this that were very interesting to me, and I think you felt the same way. I really did. Um, he looks like he was having a really good time with Alex Smith, his former Utah quarterback, also in the uh, owner's box there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is super interesting because uh, you can like read into it, I think, a couple different ways. One is that he's actually genuinely interested in the Redskins job. Um, two would be he's trying to make the Cowboys more interested in That's what him. I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Because wasn't it just a few weeks ago that um, it was reported that the Cowboys had a lot of interest in Urban Meyer? Um, so that would be a really good play by him to kind of make the you know division rival there like, oh, oh, like, is he cheating on us? Like, does he is he really interested in us? What's going on? I think it's so interesting because we've gotten to the point where uh, it felt so unbelievable to have Urban Meyer ever coaching in the NFL to like a creeping inevitability that he will be mm-hmm. with one of two teams in the, in the right. same division. I, I think it, uh, you know, it makes sense from a from Jerry Jones's perspective more than anything else. I think because if you're looking at a narrowing window of success, you would go back to what's more comfortable to you, and you would pluck a successful college football coach to try to re-energize your team and your offense and uh, push your team into uh, that next step there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would be a good spot for Urban because it's a place where you can go and not get recruiting violations, right? You can just, you know, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. And exactly. Just, uh, and, just, and just coach football. Um, exactly. The Eagles, though, I don't know. I mean, the, this is two weeks in a row where, yeah, you get two wins where it's the Giants and Washington, two of the worst teams in football. Um, but I will say that Carson Wentz deserves a lot of credit. This team has nothing at wide receiver right now. Um, this is two weeks in a row now um, where, you know, it was Boston Scott last week. Um, you know, yeah. just these bottom-of-the-depth chart guys that are coming up making huge plays. But some of that's on the quarterback. I mean, a lot of these are timing throws. These are things that you don't have time to practice and get that sort of unconscious relationship with your wide receiver that you need. And they're still grinding out wins. I mean, having uh, more than 100 yards from Miles Sanders helps, certainly. But at the same time, this is... Uh, this is his like comeback season, I think, a little bit. And he's uh, he's winning over his teammates at the right time, it feels like. Yeah, I think so, too. And it's it's just sort of – I feel like every Eagle season with Doug Peterson has um, not been easy. Like, they're always battling through something. And it the last two seasons, it's been like Carson Wentz's availability. But now he's available. He's here the whole season. So it's sort of now like his struggle with receivers, obviously. And like – um, different injuries and other positions on the step chart. Um, I thought, I mean, that touchdown throw to Miles Sanders where he was at the very back of the end zone and Wentz somehow had the awareness of like knowing exactly where he was on that play, even though he was not that visible because there were a couple Redskins defenders right in front of him and then another Eagle in front of them. So he was in like a line of like four players um, and just putting it in the, like there was only one spot that could have gone in and he, he just nailed it. That was a thing of beauty. Um, so I, to- I I totally agree. And this, di- this division is going to be really interesting to see what happens here. Um, is it, it's next week, right? I mean, Eagles Cowboys. This is, this is where it's all sort of headed. Uh, I think that uh, that's like, I mean, it's appointment viewing at this point, right? I mean, yeah. this is uh this is what you want to see. Um, I also I don't know. have I to mean- say, um, 
Oh, sorry. This is about the Redskins really quick. Haskins, McLaurin, thing of beauty also. Um, Haskins, that was a nice game for him, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was, even though the Redskins lost, it was like a moral victory, as they say. Um, because Haskins played really well. And Terry McLaurin and Haskins, the two Ohio State Buckeye former teammates, they have been making magic like all season. I mean, last game against the Packers, McLaurin had that one-handed left-hand catch for a touchdown. This game, he had another great touchdown catch. Um, I've just been impressed with the two of them, and I guess it makes sense because they do have the already established chemistry. It is interesting because right before the draft, um, you know, and you remember this. I mean, we were we were doing mock drafts left and right. Um, you know, I think I ended up doing three. How many did you do? Do you remember how many you did before the draft? Uh, I think I did at least two before the draft. Two. Um, but I did some in the fall and winter, too. But at least, yeah, a few. In my, one of them uh, went into the magazine. The one right before that, I had Terry McLaurin at 31 or 30 or whatever wherever the Packers are picking super late yeah. in that round. There was that sense that, you know, during the combine that he was like uh, a person that a lot of people weren't looking at enough or that mm-hmm. maybe he was more responsible for the success of that offense than he was getting credit for at Ohio State. So, I mean, there's a, a few nice little things for Washington, I think, that you can pocket at the end of this season. Hopefully you nail the coaching search. I think that's why we've heard of them talking about, hey, maybe Bruce Allen won't be here because then maybe good coaches will come and and, and, right. and help us out. So I don't know. I think it's uh, it's not looking as bleak as initially expected. There's a lot of holes on this team. But I think that if you're a coach with a little bit of vision in two or three years, you could probably turn that team around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Next week, Eagles, Cowboys. This is going to be – there's a couple good – Weeks of football coming up. Very, very excited about this. Um, staying in the NFC East, I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna get yelled at for keeping this in our main event before we hit the lightning round. But <laughs> the Giants beat the Dolphins 36-20. <laughs> Super inconsequential, otherwise, except to say that this was probably Eli Manning's last game um, at the Meadowlands slash whatever uh, the the MetLife Stadium that he plays in now. Um, and if this is it ends his career at a perfect 117 and 117. Uh, throwing an interception against the Dolphins today meant that he has now thrown an interception against every team in the NFL, <laughs> except for the for the Giants, obviously. So um, good for him there. But uh, this was the reason that you probably didn't rush Daniel Jones back out there, right? I mean, you wanted Eli to get the wave, the Derek Jeter farewell, um, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I still think Daniel Jones probably could have played. And if you're looking towards the future, I would have rathered him out there. But if you're looking to sell tickets and take the focus off of how bad this team is right now, this is, uh, you know, it, it, it was nice. It was a nice moment. Everybody cried. They took pictures, right? I mean, it was fine. It was cute. It was nice. I felt like it had to happen. Mm-hmm. Like you said, one of those things you just, you got to do it for the sake of doing it. And then you move on. Let me ask you this. If they were seven and whatever, six and seven or whatever, uh, like the Cowboys and the Eagles, yeah. and Daniel Jones gets the high ankle sprain last week, who's who's playing tonight? Who was playing in that game against the Dolphins today? Daniel Jones or Eli Manning? Ooh. That's hard. Right? Uh, Man. I don't know. Maybe Eli. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's interesting to think about it that way. Um, you know, he's out of the boot, Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, I don't know. Be good, interesting to uh, right. uh, see where it goes there. Uh, maybe this gives Eli a little bit of confidence, thinks he can hang around another season. There's going to be a market for veteran quarterbacks like we've talked about earlier in this podcast. Not sure where he falls there, but hey, if this is it, you know, it's good. Eli Manning had a, he had a good run. Two Super Bowls, probably make the Hall of Fame. You know, that's that's... Nice thing to nice thing to think about when you lay your head on the pillow at night, right? Yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see if he actually wants to play for another team because I feel like the vibe right now is that he very much doesn't. Um, but I I feel like there will be a little bit of interest in him at least. He would look good in a Bears uniform. You cover <laughs> yeah. him out there in Chicago. That's right. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. 
All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. All right, lightning round here. Um... We'll just kind of breeze past some of these, uh, but there are some good games in the lightning round, uh, at least uh, compelling topics, I thought, like for me. But um, Browns get crushed by the Cardinals, 38-24. Jay Feely, I thought, made an interesting point in the broadcast. You look at the Atlanta game, you look at the way that they're treating Dan Quinn and the way they're talking to Dan Quinn, and then look at the Cleveland game and the way they're talking to and treating to Freddie Kitchens. I don't think this is a group that is playing for their head coach. Jarvis Landry was screaming at him on the sidelines, and you know maybe not, maybe screaming is not the right word. They had a disagreement. Uh, when he uh, decided to punt on uh, for, or try a field goal on a fourth and two when the offense was finally rolling a little bit. Um, that's a guy that I don't see coming back next year. I just think if you're evaluating the whole system, there's probably somebody else to handle that group of mercurial superstars. Do you stay with Beckham? I don't know. I mean, this 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 game was just interesting to watch because they're so talented and they just can't get anything together. I agree. I think... Um... I don't see him coming back next year as their head coach. Um, I think it was a nice idea based off of his work with Baker at the end of last season. Um, I understand why they did it. I don't think it was a bad decision at the time, but just seeing everything that has happened with this team this season and just the drama and the like undisciplined um, attitude and, and actions that the team seems to be having it just doesn't seem like it's working with Freddie um and you know it just doesn't seem like they've changed from game to game in a way that you would expect them to sort of develop and improve as the season goes on um because at least with you know another team we were just talking about like the Bears um they have similar record as the Browns but they've gotten better at like they've improved and the play calling has improved as the season has gone on. But with the Browns, I don't know if you can make that argument. They just seem like they have the same issues every week. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, if Baker, you tie yourself to Baker, it was a good idea at the beginning. It got you the job in the first place. But Mm -hmm. if that quarterback regresses at all, it's also on you. And, you know, at the end of the day, what are you going to do? Uh, Jaguars, Oakland, fascinating end to the Oakland uh, Raiders. They will be in Las Vegas at this point. And the last thing that fans will remember is John Gruden squandering the last <laughs> bit of goodwill that he had with this franchise. Blew it. Uh, they missed two kicks. Uh, one, and then they got, because they moved up, uh, they missed a kick, got moved up for running into the kicker, missed another kick. Jaguars get the ball back. The Gardner Minshew show takes over. Um, and they score with uh, almost no time left in the game. Uh, just an awful way, I think, to end it in Oakland. This is a loyal fan base who's been through hell. Um, and, uh, yeah, you only have eight more years of this, so uh, I guess. Uh, what else? I feel what? so bad for those Raiders fans in <laughs> Oakland. I really do. Like, especially this year, because midseason, it seemed like they might be able to make a playoff push. Um, and then things have kind of fallen apart in the last four or five weeks for them. Um, and yeah, that's the last image they're going to have of, of their team as they leave the Coliseum in their city forever. It's depressing. 
very depressing. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you do if you're Oakland. It's really hard the way that you're building this roster, I think, to make any one or two moves that uh, patch up any of the holes that you've already created and put you into next season as a favorite to contend in that division. I think a lot of teams are going to get better very quickly in that division. Uh, Denver, who we're going to get to later, I think, is another one of those teams that if you get a quarterback, you get some things rolling there, I think that they're going to maybe take over that space as that second-best team behind the Chiefs, but you know, yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Minnesota and the Chargers. Dalvin Cook, who uh, Kalen wrote a wonderful story in the magazine about a few weeks ago, exits with a shoulder injury. This is a big. Uh, this is a big deal, possibly for the Vikings. Yeah, um, he's been dealing with sort of an upper body thing for the last couple weeks now, starting with that. I believe it was a Monday Night Seahawks game. He he left that game, so it's a little worrisome. I don't know how serious it is at this point. Um, they, that's somebody who they definitely want for a pl- once they hit the playoffs like that. I mean, he's a game changer. Not to say their other running backs aren't good. They do have a good stable of backs there um, with Alexander Madison right after him and Mike Boone actually scored a touchdown in this game. So they didn't need him in this game at all, clearly by the score and, and the outcome of how easily they beat the Chargers. Um, but he is such a... I mean, if he gets just a little bit of space, like he is the big play threat. So hopefully he'll be able to come back for them when they hit the postseason. Um, And, you know, it's a game they could use him for next week, too, against the Packers, which will be a tough one. I think if I were running the Chargers, I would not get rid of Anthony Lynn. I think that you have to recognize that as good as this team was last year, you're going to hit stretches of bad luck, which they just have. I mean, sometimes Mm -hmm. the ball doesn't bounce your way. I think he deserves to see this to the other side of Phillip Rivers. Um, which I think is going to have to happen sooner or later. But um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think moving to the new stadium, <laughs> there might be some pressure to do something a little bit crazy to sell tickets because they're definitely not selling tickets now. Yeah, and they're in a stadium a quarter of the size as the one they're going to be playing in. I think there's definitely that pressure, but I don't know if the solution is like hiring a coach. I don't. I don't think that's the splash ever. I it would have to be a huge. It would have to be someone like extremely popular and I don't even know if any coach really fits that bill unless like they did something like the Panthers are rumored where they're going to trade for a coach from another team or something wild like that that I mean that's what he would have to do I think so I think the move would be more like landing a different quarterback like that would be a splashier move like whether that's Tom Brady or I mean, I'm just saying, like, that would be crazy. Or, you know, they're going to have to draft somebody eventually. And I don't even know if drafting someone would be that interesting because a lot of fans don't really know anything about, you know, college quarterbacks. A lot of NFL fans aren't really versed in that. So I don't know if that would move the needle either. But I really don't think that, like, getting rid of Anthony Lynn is going to be a solution that's going to help them in this, you know, get real fans and and become successful in their new home. Um so I I agree. I think he should get some more time there. Um, when when you said that you didn't know if changing a coach would fit the bill, I thought you were doing like a pun. Oh. <laughs> like maybe Bill Cower. Or I was like, no. who are all the famous Bill coaches that I know? Bill Belichick. No, that was uh, not, not uh, <laughs> explicitly. <laughs> uh, Seattle beats Carolina 30-24, another game that I think looked 
uh, a little more close than it actually was. Three more picks for Kyle Allen. Talk about Yikes. them figuring out uh, who's not the future there. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be the case. Um, Russell Wilson, just tough. I mean, is for a guy that can never seem to permanently wrangle himself into the MVP conversation, just plays perfect football almost every week, just near-perfect football. Um, but he finds himself uh, in the middle of kind of the Lamar Jackson hurricane where you're just you're not going to you're not going to win the award this year even if you might deserve it in any other season but Seattle is very dangerous now your number one seed um, in the NFC I would not want to play this team right now especially at home in the playoffs yeah it's and it's surprising to me like after seeing that Josh Gordon amazing beautiful snag with his fingertips after seeing that catch it's just stunning that if it's true that no other team put in a waiver claim for him. Yeah. I just, I don't know how that's possible. I just, I mean, I, I know his baggage. I get it. But like the history of other players with similar baggage being wanted by teams is like very different than that. So. And even if they lose them, they're, in, I think they're in a good spot. We've seen DK Metcalf come, come right. along this year. Um, Tyler Lockett is playing like a legitimate number one wide receiver. I mean, eight for 120 um, in this game. It's just another great game for him. So, yeah, but you're right. I mean, I'm very surprised that every year there seems to be such a depression at one position heading into the playoffs where every team is like, I don't know. I mean, everyone needs this right now. And I think it's wide receiver talent is a little mm-hmm. thin right now across the board. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown would agree. <laughs> <laughs> Will he ever come back? I don't yeah. know. Um, Tampa Bay, Detroit. If you were not gambling on this game or didn't have Jameis Winston as your quarterback in the fantasy semifinals, I don't know what you were doing watching this, um, <laughs> but... Uh, it was wild. I mean, Jameis Winston almost had 300 yards at the half, finished with 458, uh, four touchdowns and interception. So I have two questions for you. One, uh, does Jameis Winston, has he done enough to establish himself as a starter somewhere in the NFL next season? Do you think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL somewhere next season? This is so hard because... The biggest problem with him, he has not shown improvement on, which is his turnovers. Um, and he can have games like this, and he's such a good he, – he can put up huge numbers, but he just he just doesn't cut down on his turnovers in any season. And this is actually his worst season in terms of throwing interceptions. So – uh, I don't know. I mean, weighing him against other options, I guess I would say yes. Um, I, that's really hard. I don't know. Cause I just like, I feel like you can't think he's going to get better anymore because he just hasn't shown that he can eliminate his interceptions. It's so interesting. Cause there's always that Ben Roethlisberger comparison and who is the guy that knocked that out of Ben Roethlisberger? It was Bruce Arians. I mean, that was the guy mm-hmm. who fixed all of his problems in Pittsburgh. And when he landed in Tampa, I thought, wow, what a perfect uh, um, match. Steven Ruiz, who writes for USA Today, I think is really good. And he said, what about, man, get him with Frank Reich and the Colts. And that would be super interesting. I would love to see him play in that offense if he couldn't play in Tampa. I don't know. I'm not ready to give up on him as a prospect. But no, it's uh, I think he'd know. be somebody that you bring in to like compete with another guy and then you see, okay, who do we like better in camp? But I don't, I don't think he would bring him in as like, this is our starter. This is our guy. I think 
it would be more of a question. And then my second question to you is if you're the lion, you're the owner of the lions oh my God. Um, and your uh, team president comes to you at the end of the year and says, okay, after two years of Matt Patricia and four of Bob Quinn, what have they shown you? And is it enough for both of them to remain in their current positions? No. Um, I would end it. <laughs> I honestly would because it just doesn't feel like after Quandry did, after the Quandry Diggs trade, it's that was trade. so weird. That was so weird and so bad. And then his comments were extremely strange. Like he did not speak highly of Patricia. I mean, obviously he was just traded for like nothing. So he's offended. But he seemed to think that like he was traded because he wasn't liked and he didn't fit into this idea of what kind of player they wanted there, like somebody quieter and like less vocal and that's like a little weird and concerning and just kind of like illustrates a little bit of a broken culture quote-unquote culture um I don't know and like I would just be curious I would love to like talk to Detroit Lions players off the record and find out do they like Matt Patricia like as a coach because the sense that I get from just watching them it just doesn't seem like he would be that well liked. It just it just doesn't feel like it's not doesn't feel like a Dan Quinn situation, right? Where like everybody's rallying and and playing for him. Feels different than that to me. So I don't think I would. And he was brought in to fix their defense. But it's their defense is at an all-time worst in the last, I don't know, probably decade or so. So it just feels like you brought him in there for the one thing that you thought he could do. And that one thing is actually worse than it was before. So it kind of feels like a deal breaker to me. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see what happens there. I mean, talk about another team that, you know, you're running out of time with your franchise quarterback. Uh, You have some talent there that, you know, it's either kind of, make use of it or uh, watch them go win a Super Bowl with somebody else. Watch Matty Stafford go to uh, New England and replace Tom Brady and win five more Super Bowls, you know? Right, right. <laughs> and it's like Daryl Bevel has done a great job with that offense. So it's, yeah, they just have to get the defense fixed. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City 23, Denver 3. It was fun. It was a snow game. I always like one of those every now and then. Puts you in the holiday uh, spirit. Just in time for Christmas. Uh, just in time for Christmas. <laughs> Unfortunately for Drew Locke, sort of, uh, you know, he had that nice streak going there. Um, but 18 of 40 uh, with a pick, about 200 yards passing. After the game, Fawn Miller said that uh, losses like this defeat my soul. And <laughs> I will I will say this about Fawn Miller. That's a great quote. Didn't anyone there expect there to be a rebuilding period? I mean... John Elway let this roster fall apart for years after they won that last Super Bowl with Peyton Manning and kept insisting that they could still win and still win and still win. And there's going to be that turnaround. But um, I don't know. I'm oddly optimistically high on this staff. Um, 
Gary and I have share, sh- uh, shared our love of the Broncos offensive staff uh, and the way that they've been able to work with this rotating cast of quarterbacks and actually doing some interesting things every couple mm-hmm. weeks, um, trying to make things work. Obviously, you lose to the Chiefs. Chiefs look great as they're moving into the uh, the next phase of their postseason push. But I don't know. I mean, if you're Von Miller, I think you got to understand that these these people need a little bit more time. Yeah. I am high on Drew Locke and the Broncos' future. Uh, I, li- I, I like Drew Locke a lot. I think this game was not good for him, obviously. Um, but I think I think he has a lot of potential, and I agree with you. I, li- I like their offensive staff a lot, and I think they're I think next season will be so much better for them. Um, yeah, just give it a little room to breathe, you know. Yeah, totally. And don't let don't let the losses affect you because it's about what's inside your heart, right? And That's I, what I and would, I would think that like the losses last year, some of the losses of like Trevor Simeon as your starting quarterback should yeah. have defeated your soul just a little bit more. So 100%. I would be surprised if this is his all time low soul crushing moment. It's not. No doubt. No, I don't. <laughs> the think future so. is bright. The future is bright for the Broncos. It's bright for Kalen. Hopefully it's bright for Connor. <laughs> uh, thank you guys again uh, for listening to the Sunday night, Monday morning NFL podcast. Kalen, thanks for coming on and recapping uh, recapping some games with me. Thanks, Connor. It was a, it was a great time. Always. The MMQB Weekside Podcast is me, Connor Orr, and Kaylin Kaler. We're produced by Shelby Royston. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody. Ben Eagle is director of editorial projects and product. Mark Moravik is Emeritus Executive Director of the MMQB. Keep up with our entire lineup of podcasts five days a week by subscribing to the MMQB NFL Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please do us a favor and leave a rating, a review. It really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Radio.com, Stitcher, SI.com, wherever else you listen to your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.